Hello and welcome to the Indiana Energy Crossroads podcast. I'm Tim Phelps, president of the Indiana Conservative Alliance for Energy. And I'm Jonathan Kopp, the field operations director of the Land and Liberty Coalition. Each week, we talk to leaders in the Indiana energy landscape and bring newest information for conservative Hoosiers on Indiana energy. You know, we have an exciting episode today. As they say, everywhere else, it's just basketball, but this is Indiana. And right here, we are in the midst of what might be the most exciting month of basketball the state of Indiana has ever seen. This year, for the first time ever, the entire NCAA men's basketball tournament is being held in one state, and that's right here in Indiana. From the first four at Mackey Arena at Purdue and Assembly Hall on March 18th, all the way to the final four at Lucas Oil Stadium with the championship scheduled for April 5th, every single one of the 67 games in the tournament are being played here in Indiana. Much has been made of the logistical lift and how the community has come together to prepare these venues. Lucas Oil Stadium, Bankers Life Fieldhouse, Hinkle Fieldhouse, Indiana Farmers Coliseum, Mackey, Assembly Hall, and how they are painstakingly creating the bubble in downtown Indianapolis to keep all the student athletes healthy and safe. But there is one aspect of the tournament maybe you're unaware of, that according to experts, a normal tournament could be expected to result in more than 5,000 tons of greenhouse gases, but not this year. This year, in partnership with the NCAA and the Indiana Sports Corp, the tournament will be completely carbon neutral. Here to talk about it today is from the company that's being tasked to pull it off, Tanya Savinsky, Director of Community Relations for AES Indiana, formerly the Indianapolis Power and Light Company. Tanya is Director of Community Relations for AES Indiana and previously served right next door, Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra, a variety of roles. Of course, attended Hanover College, best known as the alma mater of our Vice President Mike Pence, our Governor Eric Holcomb, and of course, star of film Woody Harrelson. So Tanya, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. You know, we're really excited that the tournament's here, and uh, when we read about what's being done on renewable energy, it really piqued our interest because we're trying to bring Hoosiers kind of a new perspective on what companies and people in Indiana are doing on the energy issue. So can you talk a little bit, how did this idea come about and what was it like, you know, who brought up this idea and how did you guys get the ball rolling? So it came about very quickly as did the tournament as a matter of fact, right? So everything progressed super, super rapidly. Jeremy Kranowitz, who is president of Keep Indianapolis Beautiful here in Indianapolis, and Jessica Davis, who is director of sustainability at IUPUI, um, are serving as the sustainability leads for the entire tournament. Um, and so they have been brainstorming on ways to make this um, to make this tournament carbon neutral. And it's interesting because one of the things that I've been hearing from our partners at Visit Indy is more and more as organizations, companies are looking at Indianapolis to host conventions, conferences, et cetera, more and more of those organizations are looking at ways to um, you know, offset their energy usage and essentially be carbon neutral as part of their package to bring their business and their people to Indianapolis. So Jeremy and Jessica um, and their committee came up with this idea. And so we were all in. This is super exciting, you know, especially given our future focus on um, renewable energy and um, what we're doing for our customers. And so 
we essentially came up with the idea to purchase renewable energy credits out of our clean energy business. Specifically, the wind power came out of our um, wind farm which is an AES um, property um, out of Texas, so Buffalo Gap. Um, and then Heritage is actually doing carbon offsets for um, gas properties. And then Coca-Cola <clears throat> is going to be essentially recycling all of the um, the beverage materials. So we're actually going to be doing a summary post-tournament um, to get sort of a full comprehensive idea of what the total energy usage was, because at this point in time, we have, you know, their estimates, their projections based on um, the practice facilities as well as the game facilities. So it's been something that was super exciting. Um, everybody has been, you know, incredibly thrilled about the fact that this is the first time in NCAA history that this tournament is completely sustainable and carbon neutral. Yeah, and it's been an incredible tournament so far. I've been able to go to the Banker's Life game in, a, in the first round and then Lucas Oil in the second round. And obviously this is using a ton of power. These are big, bright stadiums, and uh, people forget all the teams are housed in Indianapolis where they're practicing at the convention center as well. So there's a lot of power going into this. And basically what I do with the Land and Liberty Coalition is I travel around the state and basically try to promote these renewable energy projects and tell these communities how they work and how uh, the power is used. So usually the the power is put onto the grid, usually the MISO grid in Indiana, or the uh, power is bought by corporations, like you mentioned with Coca-Cola. I know uh, they've bought some uh, renewable energy f- uh, facilities, power, and Cummins and Columbus, Indiana has done the same. So what we haven't really uh, talked too much about with the Land and Liberty Coalition is these renewable credits. So from my understanding, any consumer can get this, not just massive, uh, biggest tournament in the country uh, for basketball. So how, how are these uh, re- renewable credits uh, being used and what basically what are they and how, how can consumers in Indiana get these as well if they want them for their homes? Yeah, so any customer, to your point, so you know, residential, commercial, um, renewable energy credits are something that um, can be purchased. So our residential program is called our, our Green Power Program. Um, I actually, um, my home is powered by 100% green power. And it's, I think, a couple of dollars extra per month on my energy bill. Um, and I'm actually, I'm sort of a below average user for um, for power. The average household is about a thousand kilowatt hours. Now to give you kind of an idea, the tournament, so practice facilities, so the convention center bubble, as well as the, the game um, bubbles with Banker's Life, Hinkle, Farmer's Coliseum, and Lucas Oil, um, it's about 2.1 million kilowatt hours um, of projected energy use oh. for all of the games and practices. Wow. So the renewal, the renewable energy credits that we were able to purchase to offset that power is about enough to power 2,000 homes in Indiana for about a month. Wow. So it's a pretty substantial, it's a pretty substantial, you know, energy load as far as um, that goes. So yeah, so we offer a residential program, green power, um, renewable energy credits. Um, so a rec is produced when a renewable energy source generates one megawatt hour of electricity and delivers it to the grid. For example, if a wind power facility produces five megawatt hours of electricity, they have five credits to either keep or sell. These credits are sold as evidence that the energy has been put onto the grid. This is the same concept we use, again, for our green power program. Um, so, again, it's super easy. It's a couple of dollars a month for me, um, and I know that I'm I'm able to offset my power use for the benefit of our environment. So, let's say you're not the NCAA. 
or, you know, Lucas Oil Stadium. I mean, what is that? How do you sign up for something like that? Is it just you call, call the, you know, you check something on your bill? How does that work? Yeah. So, um, our, so we've actually just rolled out with our rebrand, we've rolled out a super easy new, um, online portal for all of our customers. So me, when I log into my account, um, it, there are options for me to, if I want to enroll in budget billing, if I want to enroll in green power. So it's super easy. You can actually select the percentage of green power that you would like to enroll in. Um, and so for a residential customer, it's 25, 50 or a hundred percent. If you're a commercial customer, um, we actually have a business center, um, a business call center where you can call into to work with an individual, um, or we actually have strategic account representatives, so essentially account executives who work with some of our larger CNI customers here. Um, and this is something that we're finding more and more from our larger CNI customers. Um, you know, they're looking at different energy sources, um, and so. We want to be able to come forward to them and offer energy solutions rather than just electricity. Um, and that's the benefit that we have of, you know, being a part of this amazing global parent company, AES, which is based out of Arlington near um, near D.C. And so within the, um, the AES global portfolio, we have different, different um, sort of energy innovation companies. So we have Fluence, which is a battery storage facility. Um, AES Indiana is actually home to one of the first battery storage, well, the first battery storage facility in Indiana, um, which is down near our um, Harding Street plant. Um, it's an advanced on technology. And then within um, our portfolio, we also have a solar company, um, S-Power. Um, and then we have an innovation company called AES Next, which is focused on, um, you know, developing those new energy solutions that we're going to be offering to our customers in the future. So one of which we actually just launched here in Indianapolis. So it's called Motor. Um, It's an electric vehicle car subscription service. So customers or non-customers, visitors in Indianapolis can download the Motor Drive app um, and they can essentially check out to rent um, an electric vehicle. So if they need, if they're, you know, need mobility um, solutions, if they want to try out an electric vehicle um, to see if it's going to fit within their lifestyle, they can do so with us. So they can check out anything from a Nissan Leaf to a Tesla. Um, and then we'll also be offering, um, if they decide that they love it and they want something like an electric vehicle in their home, in their lives, um, we'll actually be offering them purchase um, options as well. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, and just for our uh, non-Indianapolis listeners, um, this is not Blue Windy. This is not Blue Windy. You know, absolutely. I mean, I think that um, people hear about checking out cars. They think about, you know, the things on the street. But this isn't that. So, like, let's say I'm a potential customer, um, you know, just by nature of working with ICAE, maybe an electric vehicle enthusiast. Um, so how do I, like, what does that look like for someone like me? I keep it at my house, right? I mean, I'm just renting it from AES. Yeah. So you check it out. Um, we actually take care of the maintenance. Um, we take care of the insurance. So once you sign up for a subscription, we deliver it through contactless delivery. As a matter of fact, when we launched the program, um, in Indianapolis in August, September, 
we were actually offering complimentary subscriptions to individuals in the healthcare community who were transportation insecure. So they could apply for a complimentary subscription. Um, I interviewed them and, you know, it could be that maybe they were relying on bus transportation, which during a pandemic, especially in the beginning, right, we were, we just wanted to keep people safe, especially those who were frontline healthcare workers tasked with keeping people alive. Um, So we would interview them and then deliver um, the vehicle via contactless delivery. So I would stand back masked up um, and walk through how the car worked, you know, how you turn it on, how you um, charge it, and then um, they could keep it for essentially a full month. Um, And then, yeah, so it's super easy. So if I'm interested in something like that, but, you know, one month I want a model three and then one month I want to like, what's the sort of term on this? Can I just turn in my model three and get a leaf the next month? Absolutely. Yeah. So you have the different checkouts essentially Mm -hmm. options um, of the cars that are available through the app. Um, And so we have actually what we've been doing um, locally to sort of launch it in the community is um, partnering with local organizations such as keep Indianapolis beautiful um, Indie hub. We partnered with Indie hub. um, So Blake Johnson and, his wife Natalie um, have been driving a Tesla um, most recently through the NCAA championship um, through the tournament um, gang gang so Molly Jeffers and Alan Bacon are driving around in a Tesla Um, so yeah so we've been doing a lot of like really creative partnerships just to sort of like get the word out Um, yeah that's really interesting Um, (laughs) that may be worth like a like a follow-up episode I think that um, you know electric vehicles are you know, definitely something that we're seeing a lot more of from a public policy perspective. When we're out talking to legislators, they want to talk about electric vehicles. You know, they want to find out how do we build that infrastructure? How do we build, make it so these cars are accessible? That's something that spent a lot of time thinking about. Obviously, uh, Tesla, which was not expensive. I mean, it's, you know, what, $35,000, you know, which isn't accessible to a lot of Hoosiers, but it's becoming that way, mm-hmm. you know, especially as you see more of these EVs, um, you know, you, there's a use market for EVs. And, you know, that's something that, um, you know, one of our board members, Greg Ballard talks a lot about. And uh, AES Indiana, you know, is going to be at the forefront in building out that infrastructure. Obviously, if we have all of these EVs, we're going to need to plug them in. We're going to need to be able to have the, um, the infrastructure necessary to to make them go down the road. So, and we're part of a coalition of, um, you know, local energy companies who are actually going to be um, developing. So specifically, I think what's going to be most important are like the rapid charging stations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, essentially you'll be able to go from a, almost a zero charge to a full charge in 15 to 20 minutes at like a gas station or an intersection off of, you know, an interstate, which is important because, you know, a normal, um, you know, a normal plug-in outlet, not necessarily transitioned for EV specifically, um, you can charge fully overnight, right? And so a lot of people don't have time to sit by the side of the road or at a gas station overnight um, to get a full charge. So these rapid charging stations, I think, are going to be transformational in the EV landscape. Yeah, because uh, 
Our uh, regional director for the Conservative Energy Network, Larry Ward, he is a Tesla. So sometimes when we're meeting him, we have to meet in Fort Wayne because there's a supercharging station right there. So he can just charge his uh, car while we eat, then head head back. But uh, but we've, we've been seeing a lot of renewable development around Indiana, and uh, specifically from AES. I know you mentioned S-Power before. I know they have a few planned projects in Indiana uh, before they transition to uh, a AES Clean Energy now. And then IPL was... I grew up in central Indiana in Avon. I know my parents have been dealing with IPL their whole lives. So uh, I wanted to know, uh, how is the energy landscape in Indiana changing and what role is uh, AES playing in it? So the energy landscape, it's funny because I've been with um, IPL AES Indiana for five years. And I sort of jokingly say that I think I've probably witnessed more transformation in my five years. Um, You know, the energy landscape in Indiana, in the United States, and even globally, right, is transforming so quickly. And so that's where I think, you know, AES Global, we are truly taking a leadership stance in the transformation of the energy landscape in the world. Um, And, you know, we operate AES globally operates in 15 countries. Um, You know, each of those those landscapes are very different. And so um, the U.S. utilities, so specifically AES Indiana and AES Ohio, are really being tapped from a U.S. utility standpoint um, to lead that transformation into clean energy. And so... Um, I, you know, we've got a new, um, a new solar project that we've actually just acquired, which will be online in 2023. So Hardy Hills, which is up in Clinton County. Um, and so that is part of our, of our future energy generation strategy as we, um, as we move through this trans safe transformation to renewables. Yeah. I think that's what is most exciting for us is that this transition from our perspective is being really driven by demand. Mm-hmm. It's just something that um, your customers want to see. They want to buy it, corporate customers even, or residential customers. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think that's the most exciting part. Yeah, customers, you're, you're right. I mean, you know, we have heard our customers, but we also want to be able to provide those solutions to our customers. You know, and, and customers want affordability, sustainability, and reliability. We want to make sure that we are the this the leading transformation to be able to offer all three of those to our customers commercial residential well that's great um well tanya thank you very much for being here i think that we're all excited i think that the the basketball tournament has been a source of a lot of lost productivity over the last uh, month or so here at uh, icae and uh you know i was just thinking john i think now that we've been talking a lot about this and about how much power um that uh the tournament produces. Did you ever think maybe Indiana University they keep missing the tournament as part of their sustainability yeah. goals? I think, I think Mike Woodson could use some renewable energy credits. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much, Tanya, for being here, and uh, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been the Indiana Energy Crossroads podcast. Stick with us as we keep producing episodes talking about Indiana's energy, energy landscape and what conservatives can do to make a difference. Bye.